Welcome to Friday Friends. I'm with my buddy Ani. You can find him on all social media platforms at AniShree23. I am Sandro at only Sandro, Twitter and Instagram. Write us an email, FridayFriendsEmail at gmail.com. We have a lot to talk about. We are in week two of preseason. There's some injuries out there. Guys are rising and falling in ADP. And as always, I need help from my friend, my Friday friend, Ani Shridhar, with some of these trivial questions. What you got for me today, buddy? What you got? Man, I, I, I was just telling you off the top, we're going to go a little off uh, the fantasy football spectrum because I need help again. <laughs> my life is falling apart fast. Hi, what you got? All right, so I get out of work pretty late, and uh, we all know in our metro area, the D.C. metro area, parking is at a premium, right? This is like a tight end in fantasy football. Correct. It's absolutely a premium, especially at work. Late, yeah. And, Not full. And late night, it, specifically where I live, there is nothing. Uh, my apartment complex offers parking, but the kicker is at a certain time it fills up. They don't have enough spots for tenants. The parking nearby my house that is free fills up as well. And then there's a, a couple blocks away where you have to pay for parking or you have to move your car by 8 a.m. But I'm getting home at like four, between three, four o'clock in the morning. I don't want to move my car at 8 a.m. There, there is a spot close to my apartment, but I run the risk of getting towed if I park there. So I have to stand by my window and watch my car till something opens up. That sounds absolutely awful, but I have been in that position before because similar to you on this street, parking fills up really, really bad, like late at night. I get off around like 132. There's no spots here. I could either go park like two blocks away and risk getting mugged or even worse, maybe killed, or I could park right here, right next to my house, but I have to move it by 7 a.m. Yeah, and, and once again, like there are reports of people who've been stabbed in my area too. I mean, we live in, in some high class areas where people get stabbed. Now, the report was that it was a brother on brother stabbing, so it's not that serious, but still, I don't, I don't want to get caught in the crossfire of, of brother on brother stabbing. Right, and somebody on Twitter this week called me Sandro, so someone who's actually trying to stab me could stab you and vice versa because apparently we're the same person, according to Twitter. I'm not upset with that. I mean, I would love if people mistook uh, me for you or you for me, whichever way. But I want to know, like, what what do you think would solve my issue? Like, what do I have to do to resolve this this um, nightmare in my life? Like, it sucks. Not drive to work. Yeah, but like then I public transportation, Uber, a, Lyft. All right, well, I'm glad you bring up Uber or Lyft, right? So I, what I've been doing to solve this issue is I've actually, uh, because of the reports of Uber sucking and, and losing money last week, we talked about that on last week's podcast, I'm driving for Uber again until a parking spot opens up in my, in my parking lot. Okay, see, that's not a bad plan. There you go. You make money while you wait for a spot, and then boom, you get a spot, you go to sleep. Yeah, and that's, I, I've made like 200 bucks this week. Damn. I've been out three three there nights. You go. Yeah, so that that's probably all going to go to DFS and and paying for my season long leagues until I figure something out. Yeah, I mean, I just got a lot of texts in the past three days being like league fees are due. Went to quick check my bank account and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to wait. <laughs> Need to pick up a third job to pay for these. Correct. Yeah. Third, second. <laughs> uh, but. I, I'm at that point too, but uh, also the hard part is I have a super busy schedule the end of this month, which was not planned, and I'm having trouble figuring out when I can draft. And this is, to me, this, this is worse than the league fees because at the end of the day, my friends know it. I'm good for the money. If I don't pay the day that the, the league starts, they know it's coming. Uh, I also have a league where we don't have to pay until Christmas, which was a rule that was basically made up because this league started when we were in high school when we didn't have money, but we knew everyone had money around Hanukkah and Christmas. So you can hound people for the, for the fees then. So I'm actually running into an issue where every single day I have a buddy calling me multiple times a day, asking me about different days that I'm available and my days are not really changing and other people are not willing to budge. So 
that that's that's a hectic situation that I can imagine a lot of our listeners are going through right now. If they are in more than I'd say three leagues, it's it's tough just to get the scheduling down. But uh, some big news in the NFL with on and off the field stuff. Jay Z and the NFL look like they are uh, you know teaming together. I'm actually excited about this. I'm a big Jay Z fan. Not not just music wise, but business wise. He he's doing some great things for his, you know it. If you don't know who Jay Z is, which is kind of hard to believe that you don't know him, but I mean it's a rags to riches story, the American dream, and I, I'm I'm excited. Maybe this halftime show in the Super Bowl will actually be a little bit more entertaining instead of seeing Lady Gaga uh, freakishly jumping off of a cliff or whatever she did that couple of years ago. So or. I'm hoping this finally gets like Rihanna to the halftime show because and Beyonce's done it. I'm a huge Rihanna fan. And I know that Rihanna and Jay-Z have a tight relationship because of Rock Nation. I know J. Cole and Jay-Z have a pretty tight relationship. Maybe a J. Cole Rihanna halftime show. I might have to buy tickets to go watch that sh- just the halftime show. Yeah, if if you guys want, you can actually send us money so we can go to the Super Bowl and talk about it, and then you could hear it on the Friday now, Friends podcast. And that's the American dream. And you could fulfill it right here. I, I love that. Uh, we got some big injury news. Uh, I Once again, I need my buddy Ani's take on this. We share some teams. We're in super flex teams. I'm in a two quarterback league. Andrew Luck. I mean, every single offseason seems like there is something going on with this guy. And I honestly don't have any faith in the Colts on how they they work with this situation. Now, the last time we had the, the Andrew Luck offseason issue was with Chuck Pagano. We, we have another, we have a different head coach now, but they're still being kind of secretive. The details aren't coming out. Some people are speculating it's an Achilles, which to me, if it's an Achilles issue, uh, Andrew Luck is not going to play. He might play some games, but it's going to rupture sooner than later. Is Andrew Luck dropping on your, in your draft board for QBs? I, I mean, the thing is, though, he was never on my list of QBs I was going to draft because of how early he was going, but... This is actually interesting. So last year, everybody was off of Andrew Luck because of the injury concerns. I was on Andrew Luck and got him very late and ended up being one of the top fantasy QBs last year. But that was also an injury, I believe, in the collarbone. That was more of an upper body injury. This is the foot. And it's already been missed. I I wouldn't take diagnosed, but misreported twice now. It started off as a calf strain. Then it was called a high ankle sprain. And now it looks like a low ankle sprain to see where he was really wrapped around his ankle when I saw the photo of him walking off practice. We don't know what the real injury here is. If I was, if he was my fourth QB I was drafting, he probably drops to like seventh, eighth at this point. Probably not out of my top 10. But if he slips and drafts and he's there in the ninth round, I'm taking Andrew Luck. I agree 100%. Uh, I I wasn't in a position where I was going to draft him. I'm I'm team draft quarterback late. I think most people uh, are nowadays. I mean, if you get a Patrick Mahomes in the in the third, I'm kind of okay with that. But you have to be very confident in how you're going to draft the rest of the league. I'm not saying I'm doing that, but I I can understand if if people are doing that. Now for a two quarterback league, right? Two quarterback super flex league. If you don't know what a super flex league is. Superflex means that you could start typically a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end, or a quarterback. So most people opt towards quarterback, gives you a little bit more flexibility. Uh, if you only have two quarterbacks, someone's on a bye week, you could plug in any player instead of just doing a straight two quarterback league. I suggested if you're in a 10 team league, which I just floated this idea out to my 10 team league to make it a super flex, we voted yes. Uh, if you're drafting and you see in a super flex, you see Andrew Luck is there. He's your QB two. How soon are you drafting your QB three? Probably in the next two to three rounds, to be honest. I mean, he doesn't have to be a flashy QB three. He could be somebody like a Sam Darnold, either a Ryan Fitzpatrick or a Josh Rosen, a Case Keenum slash Dwayne Haskins, you know, maybe not like a Big Ben or a Russell Wilson, but like, you know, somebody who you know is going to start like Josh Allen. I, I like it. I totally agree. I mean, depending on how deep your your uh, your league is, I might even say you have to kind of double tap. Like, if you really want Andrew Luck, you're looking for that high upside, but there's a chance he might miss two, three weeks of the regular season. Draft Jacoby Brissett. I, He's a very capable backup QB. So if you take Luck, 
Just like you would handcuff a running back, handcuff your quarterback. And and Brissett, to me, is probably, if not the best backup quarterback in the league, he is one of them. I, Tannehill's kind of, after the first preseason game, kind of showing, hey, he, he could take that Mariota spot. But still, I, as a pure backup guy, I, I think Brissett is probably one of the the best. He's now, been in the system for a while. Yeah. He's been in this position before. Andrew Luck hurt. Brissett starts. The Colts traded draft picks to get Brissett from the Patriots. So they like what they see in Jacoby Brissett. Yes, they do. And uh, if we were going to grade this injury for Andrew Luck with a red, yellow, green, right now I'm red. And that's partly because I'm not drafting him and I don't want to take the risk of, of a quarterback with an injury. So I mean, it's more of a red-yellow, so that's, I guess that's orange. But, I'm more in the orange, I was going to say. I'm in the orange range here with Andrew Luck. It's like if the value's there, if he drops, yeah, sure, take him. If you're in a one-quarterback league, you want to put him on your bench for a couple weeks, maybe you can make a quick trade before the season starts. I I don't know. I'm. It really depends on how your draft goes. Now, another injury, which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just throw this out there right now. I'm putting this at a green, and that's Darius Geis. I, he's not cleared to play, but you got to do some research because if you look at it and realize Darius Geis is not cleared to play, but that's still on the, the timeline. He's on track. He wasn't supposed to be cleared to play right now in August, at this point in August. He, so, I, and where his ADP is, which, you know, I was looking at the NFFC ADP rankings. They're free. You can, you can look at them whenever you want. Uh, he's, go, he's at like 82 right now. So, I like Darius Geis. If he's my RB3, I love him if he's my RB4. Yeah, absolutely. RB4 is right where I'm looking at Darius Geis right now. And he's somebody, you know, you take late, he could pop off. The only thing with the Geis situation is, obviously, Adrian Peterson's still there and the offensive line. In that first preseason game, Donald Penn and Garon Christian could not hold down the left side of that offensive line. Maybe they'll get better with more reps, more practice, because Penn just got to D.C. But with no Trent Williams, the left side of that offensive line, oh, I do not want any part of the run game if that offensive line cannot stay healthy or if their studs aren't in the lineup. Ani makes a great point. I just think that people are too quick to forget who these players are. The only reason why Geis dropped in the actual NFL draft is because off the field issues from reports and everything coming out of the, the Washington Redskins camp is this guy is a team player. He is dedicated. He has talent. I am willing to get this guy as my RB4. He's going in the, the seventh round. He has talent. Adrian Peterson has miles. But I actually, for once, I am on Team Geis. I want him on my team. And I, I think he could bring back great value. Ani brings up offensive line issues. But guess what? They also are going to have a carousel of rotating in quarterbacks. The only consistency they're going to have is in the backfield. And I'm hoping that that ball eventually gets to Geis's hands. If he's your RB4, hey, he's on your bench. So he's not really hurting you. And if... If he doesn't score a lot of points on a bye week, guess what? That's just bad luck. But by the end of the year, I, I think this ball could be in his hands more so than not. All right, here's a question that you can help me out with. This is a fantasy football question. One of my leagues just re-upped, obviously. And since I won the league last year, they're giving me the choice of picking my draft spot for this season and after I pick, they will randomize the order for the rest of the league. So I get to pick wherever I want to, and then the rest will be randomized. I like that rule. Where do you think I should pick? Is this a keeper league or just 12-team full-point PPR? Okay. Um, I, I really, so I like the middle. Uh, this year, I'm really big on the middle. Uh, be, basically because I've found that I could build a very balanced team where I'm going, uh, depending on what's available, I will kind of alternate running back, wide receiver, or wide receiver, running back. But this year, the number one pick just looks really nice. Yeah, I mean, you go one, you go Saquon. There's like 
or McCaffrey in full PPR. Oh, McCaffrey could absolutely dominate. But like with, with a full PPR, though, that 12 spot is good, too, because if you double tap like a Michael Thomas and a Julio Jones or any I, sort of what I'm saying. stud wide receivers, you're getting value later on in the drafts with running backs who can catch. So you might have to go 12. I'm I'm really considering 12. Because like like you said, like an Odell and like a Julio there, and then third, fourth round turn, get like a Nick Chubb and a Chris Carson where reports are coming out, he's gonna be catching the ball a lot more this year. Yes, and we're gonna break down more of the NFC West before the end of this pod, but that guy's stock is rising. He is a talented back. He's just been put in a position where it's a team that doesn't want to rely on one guy. Plus, you know, he does have a little bit of injury history, but everything coming out of camp is, you know, this is the clear guy. Right. And, and I'm loving it. Uh, he, at the beginning of draft season, which was like two months ago, carry on Johnson was kind of my, my middle round guy. His ADP has risen to like third, second round. It's ridiculous. So now I, I'm pivoting to, to Carson uh, instead. So before we get to the NFC West, and you can check out all of our division previews on the Friday Friends podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you listen to your podcast. You can follow me at Ani323 on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow him at OnlySandro on both as well. And email us, FridayFriendsEmailGmail.com. We will also be breaking down the American Athletic Conference and college football. If you're a college football fantasy fan, plan on playing DFS this year. I'm going to be breaking down the depth charts for every conference every Friday this year. So be sure to tune in because I'm making tiers. I'm talking about all the guys you want to target from these teams in your DFS lineups. But before we get to all the sports, I got to ask Sandro. Are you in on this huge spiked seltzer craze that this summer, during this summer? No. Are you about the whole White Claw summer phase? No, I, I, so I have, I have them in my refrigerator, but Do I've you, never had one. Why are they in your refrigerator? My, my girlfriend, uh, I don't even know where she got them, or we could have went to a party or something. Uh, my my friends down at Myrtle are all about these. They they chill on the beach. They you know they're refreshing or whatever whatever they the the terms they use to describe these. I've just never had one up until like a couple of months ago. I never I never drank seltzer water. Never liked it, but uh, I have been drinking just regular seltzer recently. And I I haven't even tried one yet, so I I'm not really the right person to ask. But have you had them? So so I was against the whole movement, you know what I mean? And last weekend, I had my first White Claw. And White Claw's been pretty much dominating the spiked seltzer market right now. There's Vive, there's Truly, and there's White Claw. And they've been dominant. And I had it, you know. It, it was good, you know. It was flavorful. I'm not a huge seltzer guy myself, but it just tasted like, you know, a mixed drink with carbonation added to it at the end of the day, you know? That's that's all it tasted like. It was like a juice with carbonation, with alcohol. So from one to five, what do you rate it? I'd give it a solid 3.8. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because of the whole spiked seltzer craze, Natty Light has now released a spiked seltzer. They're calling it the Catalina Lime Mixer and the Aloha Beaches, two different flavors. PBR the past two weeks, has released their spiked seltzer, an 8% alcohol by volume, and they're calling it a stronger seltzer. And just the other day, Four Loco said they were going to release a spiked seltzer, a sour with a hint of blue ras at 14% alcohol by volume. The ultimate can trend company, Four Loco, uh, trying to make a, a resurgence again. Uh... Correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, but aren't you the guy who's a big fan of uh, the Natty Shanty? Or I something? do. I'm a huge Natter Day okay. guy. Correct. Okay. But that is a a beer. At the end of the day, it is a shandy. There's no, it's there's no like hard liquor in it. It's not spiked. So, 
Are you are you planning on? I am going to go buy the Natty Light version of the spiked seltzer, and I'm gonna give it a whirl. Absolutely, I'll obviously try the Four Loco one too. The PBR one, I'm not gonna lie, the can is just not appealing enough for me to go try it. Sometimes it's like the can's got to be flashy. You're judging a can by its cover. I, ex- a beer by exactly, its cover. Exactly, exactly. I mean, hey, that's bad marketing on their point. If you want me to buy it, make it flashy. The Natty Light can looks flashy, so I'm going to go buy it and try it. But yeah. I will try all of them by our next Friday Friends episode, and I will give you a spiked seltzer rating. Uh, I love that, and... Uh- I, you know, I have a big weekend this weekend. I'm going to be at the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. I'm going to be with some fantasy people. Maybe I can start, you know, we could do a draft or something. You know, like, w- what else are you going to do when you're around fantasy minds? Maybe we'll get some of these guys drunk uh, off of seltz- spiked seltzer, and, and I'll have a report for you as well. Uh, other than that, I'm not a big drinker to begin with. I mean, you and me have gone out maybe two or three times. Right. But that's mainly because... I tell people I'll go out, and then I kind of just sit on the couch. So that that's more of a me issue than an Ani issue. But I, I love that you're taking the initiative and you're you're going full steam ahead on on giving us rankings on these. Uh, I now, this is the content people want. They want to know which spike seltzers are the best. My my only thing about these guys releasing these spike seltzers now is we are almost in fall. And fall is more of a pumpkin slash, you know. It's a cider kind of month. Yeah. It's a hard cider yeah. month. And I can't stand hard cider, but you're not. I'm not in either. You know, you can't be all summery all year round when you live in Buffalo, New York. You know, this isn't this isn't Miami where those seltzers probably are great all year round. But uh, either way, I'm, I'm happy that you're you're doing some homework and I'm, I'm looking forward to the uh, results to your your little test, but you are full on in college fantasy football. I'm not touching this other than talking to you. But by talking to you, hey, my DFS money or my now uber funded DFS contests might be sliding into uh, you know. I might I might send you a text to say hey I need a lineup I would love to get some action this Saturday so who who do you want to break down today All right we're gonna start with the AAC here and this they, this conference has teams like UCF Cincinnati UConn Houston ECU Memphis Navy etc 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 This is a pretty good conference for fantasy standpoints as I was breaking it down I started with the AAC because alphabetically it comes first before the ACC but I was like ugh the AAC this is gonna be super boring but it's not. This te- This is a good conference, and everyone knows UCF because they went undefeated, and they were like, we're actually the national champions, and like the state of Florida like put it in their like, like legislation that UCF were the national champions, whatever. So we'll start with UCF here. Mackenzie Milton, who's one of the best quarterbacks in college football last year, tore his ACL. He's still recovering. So Brandon Wimbush, transferred from Notre Dame, dual-threat quarterback, A dual-threat QB is somebody we like to roster in DFS because he gives us that rushing upside. He's definitely one to watch out for. They do run a dual-back system, though. So Greg McRae, he led the team in rushing last year. He comes back. But they also have Adrian Killens, who's a receiving back, PPR upside, and he's their punt returner. And mainly on this team, Gabriel Davis. He was their number one receiver last year. He's back again for another year. He led the team in receiving last year. He'll do it again. That's UCF. Now we get to Cincinnati. Their quarterback, Desmond Ritter, he's a dual threat. He was second on the team in rushing last year, but this is a run-first offense. They have one of the best running backs in the nation in Michael Warren. He's what we call a bell cow back. First down, second down, third down. It's all Michael Warren. If you're in a season-long fantasy football, college football league, this is some guy I would be targeting early and often. I'm looking at some quick rankings right here for the... For this division and or for this conference, the American Athletic Conference. And I mean, it he's a clear like number two ranked guy. I mean, he's behind Patrick Taylor Jr. uh in, in the rankings that I'm looking at. But it you're saying a, a Cincinnati back uh, team that's a run first team. I mean, you can't go wrong. This is the guy. He's he's gonna be a top five fantasy running back in the nation 
And this conference has two guys who are going to be top five in the nation, which is what's amazing. I have a quick question for you. Yep. So I, I, don't, I don't play college fantasy football, right? When you're doing these season-long leagues, are you breaking it up by conference, or is it just a whole pool of it's, guys? It's a whole pool of guys. It's the entire D1. So I'm glad that you're breaking down. we're going to be breaking down each conference because there's a ton of guys to choose from. I, I, exactly, and that's why like, I will be putting my spreadsheets up online on Twitter once they're all done by conference by conference. Color-coded. Green means we like them in DFS. Red means stay away. Orange, yellow would mean like depending on the slate and matchup is why we're going to be targeting them. And that, let's move on here. UConn, they don't really offer anything fantasy-wise for me. I mean, they've got a bell cow running back in Kevin Mensa, but this team sucks. I think they went 1-11. and 11. They, they suck. They're not very good. Randy Etzel's their QB. I mean, their head coach. Right now, they've got kind of a three-man QB competition with their QB last year, Pindell graduating. It was actually a pretty good dual-threat QB. And the interesting thing is, the head coach, the offensive coordinator here said that they were going to run the same offensive system as last year, which means whoever ends up starting at QB for this team will run the ball. The QB running the ball was a huge part of the offense last year for UConn, but right now we don't know who that QB is going to be, so I would just stay away entirely in season long. Now, ECU. Our buddy John Jansen, huge ECU guy. I got to talk to him a little bit to get a little bit more understanding, but one thing we do know, if Holton... Allers wins this QB job, he's going to be a stud for fantasy. Once again, looking at rankings, this is just a quick, you know, yep. Google search, basically. He's looking like he's ranked around the number two quarterback for this uh, conference. Uh, they're projecting 3,000 plus yards, 21 passing touchdowns, 650 plus rushing yards, and... Uh, so that those are his projections for, for as a quarterback. Yep, he's a dual threat. He's going to run the ball. He's going to be their leading rusher and in attempts and yards. So definitely looking at him, top five QB for fantasy standpoint. Now let's move to arguably the most exciting team in this conference, Houston. They have the number one QB in all of college football fantasy-wise. De'Eric King is a stud. This guy will throw the ball. This guy will run the ball. This guy is going to be a fantasy machine. Definitely somebody, if you have the first pick in a draft, I take King off the top immediately. Number one overall. That That's a great thing that you just brought up there. Because like I said, I'm not in this world. Some of our listeners might not be as into it as you are. I... It, what is the strategy in college? Are you, are you like, we wait on quarterback in the NFL because we know what we have. I don't wait on quarterback in college football season long because of how often they run the ball as QBs, which gives them running back value at the end of the day. It would be like you have 10 RG. This is like 10 RG3s, RG3s rookie year. Like these are all Michael Vick's. These guys are going to lead you to fantasy championships, basically. Now, when you say that he's the top quarterback in college, is this someone that we should be looking for that will enter the NFL? Because he's a senior. Usually when we see top talents, they're leaving early. So is this a guy that we should keep an eye on for the NFL someday, uh, probably for next year? Or is this just one of those guys that's going to be a college darling and then you use them in DFS, you use them in the season-long leagues that you're in right now, and we kind of forget about them. I think he's somebody definitely to keep an eye on. I mean, he's in the same offensive system that Kyler Murray was in last year. I mean, and the same kind that Cliff Kingsbury runs, the air raid offense. That's what Houston runs, so he's going to flash in this system. And if you have a QB in an air raid system, that means you're going to have a wide receiver in the air raid system who's a stud. And that's what you get here in Marquis Stevenson. Absolute beast. He's going to be a top 10 fantasy wide receiver this year. This guy is a stud. If you're in draft, scoop up King, scoop up Stevenson. DFS-wise, stack them. Absolutely stack these guys together. Let's move on to Memphis here. And Memphis last year was known for their running backs. They had Daryl Henderson, who was an absolute beast. I mean... We'll talk about him more later. Yeah, I, I mean, he... This Memphis team, similar to... Cincinnati, they're run first. They're going to pound the rock over and over and over. They had three running backs last year, and the second one was Patrick Taylor Jr. 
who also rushed for a thousand yards with Henderson in front of him. He's now the clear-cut starting running back at Memphis. Watch out. This guy's going to blow up this season. Top five again, fantasy running back. I would put him ahead of Warren in this conference, but to me, they're pretty much neck and neck. There's not much competition behind them to steal carries, similar to how Taylor took carries from Henderson last year. Another guy who's in the NFL who's not there on this team anymore also, Tony Pollard. He's on the Cowboys who could start for the Cowboys if Zeke continues to hold out. So the only guy behind Taylor here is Kenny Gainwell. This could be a sleeper fantasy like player, and especially DFS cheap option because the running back two in this Memphis offense always has fantasy value. And behind these two guys, there's nobody. So if Taylor ran for 1,000 yards behind Henderson last year, also had 1,000 yards, I could easily see Gainwell putting up similar numbers. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you got these guys that were drafted into the NFL. So I'm very interested in this. I may have to join a league with you because we're looking at this guy's a a redshirt freshman, and uh, he could get some touches. Yeah, like absolutely. Said, this backfield has the opportunity to generate touches for uh, running backs. And Gainwell, was, he was on the roster last year, but he didn't get too many touches because of all the running backs that were ahead of him. But he's been in the system for a year. He's learned the offense. He's, he's only due to skyrocket this season. And DeMonte Coxie, he's a stud wide receiver. The only thing here in this offense is how often will they throw the football when they have stud running backs but I like him as a wide receiver three in fantasy standpoints maybe wide receiver two he is the number one target here he's got the same QB as last season which helps like in college so often you've got guys graduating guys transferring QB change system change same system same QB this Memphis offense is going to be fun to watch Navy they run a triple option so Malcolm Perry is going to run the ball. He's not going to throw the ball much. He he led the team in rushing last year. He's going to run ru- lead the team in running rushing this year as well. He's not going to throw the ball a lot. Navy's not a team I'm looking at fantasy standpoint. Maybe on a small slate, Malcolm Perry's there. I'll put him in my DFS lineup. So Navy's over-under total is six. Wins? wins? I would probably take the under because they're in a very tough conference. Cincinnati is going to have one of the best defenses in the nation this year. And as I mean, you've got Houston, you've got Memphis, you've got Cincy. UCF is usually very competitive. I, I, I would take the under on Navy. Navy went three and 10 last year. They went two and six in the conference. So, I mean, that's that's a safe bet. Yeah. You might want to put that in there. Uh, yeah. So there's it, only one other team here I'd like to break down fantasy wise, and that's going to be SMU. They. They, their starting QB is no longer there, but they do have a transfer from Texas, Shane Buchel. This guy wasn't amazing at Texas, but he's in an air raid offense again. If he, he does have, he has a great arm. If he puts it together in this system, this guy could be a sleeper at the quarterback position, especially in this system. He also has one of the best wide receivers in the nation and James Proch. This guy is going to be somebody we're going to be rostering in fantasy lineups down the road because of how good he is. He's going to be a top three round NFL draft wide receiver taken next season. Proch is an absolute stud. And they also have Reggie Roberson. He's their wide receiver too. He, I mean, he's not the stud on this team because of Proch, but in an air raid offense, the wide receiver two is always going to have some value here. So Somebody I would consider on DFS lineups, like when SMU plays Navy, play Roberson because he's going to get so many targets because they're going to blow out somebody like Navy and they might rest somebody like Pro. So other than that, this conference, UCF, Temple, Tulane, nothing really flashy. UCF's running back Jordan Cronkright, 1,000 yards last year. Sneaky DFS play possibly. They also have Johnny Ford who ran for over 800 yards. Plays in the slot for USF as well. Somebody I would consider drafting just because of the dual threat ability of running and catching the ball. UCF's quarterback, Blake Barnett, he has he's a dual threat option as well. Definitely maybe like a QB4 I'd be drafting in leagues. Nothing serious, but studs in this conference. De'Eric King, Holton Allers, Patrick Taylor Jr., 
Michael Warren, Marquis Stevenson, James Pearl. And I mean, these are the studs. And Desmond Ritter, too. For a team standpoint, who do you think gets the most wins out of this, this whole uh, conference? <sighs> I think Cincinnati. I think just because they have one of the best defenses in this conference, they might be able to shut down some of these other offenses. And they do have a really good offense themselves. So if I was going to bet on a team to win this conference, this season it might be Cincinnati. They'll, they'll have tough competition against the likes of Memphis and UCF, but I think Cincinnati is going to pull it off this season. You've heard it first right here. Ani's projecting NFL-caliber players that could potentially enter the draft and be studs for us in the future. Uh, but he's living in the now, and he's in this deep in the college fantasy football world. So we're going to be breaking down more conferences as we go on on Friday, friends. And I'm looking forward to it. I mean, just looking at the the look on Ani's face when he's just throwing out these numbers and, and predictions, he's excited. Yeah, I'm so excited. Football cannot come sooner. And I'm not talking preseason. I'm talking actual football. Would you, would you say that college football is easier to predict when it comes to fantasy than than uh you know, the NFL? I think for fantasy, yes. Just because you know who your studs are. There's an absolute, there's a level gap. There's a talent gap at the college level, which is very clear to see. You've got your NFL talent, and then you've got your, you know, college talent, which is why it's it's something to, you know, easily evaluate at some, at to an extent. But it's also a little bit tough because of how many players there actually are on every team. So I want to move on to a mistake I've made recently. Uh, we're, we're in best ball, which I don't think is a mistake. Drafting in best ball, I love it, especially this time of the year. Uh, I entered a slow best ball draft by mistake. I wanted a fast draft. I was, uh, I'm, uh, I don't mind slow drafts, though. But the problem is I was in the mood. I had, so my strategy is if I have an hour I need to kill, I will do a best ball draft. It, it's just the easiest thing where on my phone – I'm on the fly, whether I'm on on a bus or you know on a train, if I'm just hanging out at the airport, whatever. If I have an hour to kill, I, I'll do a best ball draft. I entered a slow draft about a week and a half ago, and I, I've made five picks. Yikes, that's not great. <laughs> yeah, very slow. The guy on the turn, the 12th pick guy, took his first guy. And then had the clock run for seven hours. So he took seven hours to make his first pick at 12. And I'm like, all right, he just wanted to, to wait for news. He's right. going to do 12 and 13 real quick. Real quick. No, seven hours on 12, seven hours on 13. This is miserable. Yeah, no, that's that's why you don't do slow drafts with random people. Slow yeah. drafts with people you know are fine because then you can text them and be like, hey, you're up. Yeah, hey, and like this, the Scott Fishbowl was like kind of like an unwritten rule. Don't harass people. But yet every once in a while you had someone kind of send out a tweet and say, hey, man, love being in the league with you. Can't wait to see you pick because you're up right now. You know, so uh, not to say that I don't like slow drafts, not to say that I don't like slow drafts, uh, um, best ball drafts. But man, this is this is hard. And yeah. I missed a pick, too, on top of it, because there's no the clock doesn't stop. So it happened while I was sleeping, and I'm, oh. I'm upset because out of nowhere, five the five people in front of me were on it, and I wasn't. So it's it's upsetting. But hey, let's let's move on to our NFC West breakdown. I like this division for fantasy. I think most people do. We have the Rams, uh, who are the favorite, minus one eighty five. We have the Seahawks, plus two ninety. San Francisco, plus five hundred, and the Arizona Cardinals plus 2,500. Are you putting money on the Arizona Cardinals to win this division? No, I'm absolutely not. But let's start with the Cardinals here because they are the bottom of this division. New head coach Cliff Kingsbury trying to incorporate the air raid offense into the NFL. First round draft pick. First pick overall, Kyler Murray at the quarterback position. David Johnson there at running back. Used to be, once upon a time, the best fantasy running back in the NFL. Are you really targeting any of these guys in fantasy other than David Johnson? How I'll take I'll take a shot on Larry Fitzgerald. I From what I've heard and what I've read, uh, he, once again, he is turning back the clock. He looks good in camp. He's got great worth ethic, as always. It's never been an issue. 
And it seems like he's buying into this offense. I'm not, I'm not buying in on Christian Kirk. And I don't really like any of these, you know, rookies or, you know, they have Kevin White. Like, I'm not, I'm not looking at him. I'm not looking at Demir Bird. I'm not looking at any of these tight ends. I mean, Charles Clay has been a journeyman. Max Williams is from the Ravens. He's more of like a blocking guy, the way that I look at him. And Ricky Seals Jones, look, I'm not, I'm not touching that. Um, I'm still not impressed with Kyler Murray. I'm going to have to see more from him. The first preseason game, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't get a first down, right? Like he, he, they ended in a punt, right? It looks like there's zip on the ball. He looks like he's accurate, but they were all safe five yard passes. We're talking about an offense that's talking about air raid. I didn't see any air raid. I saw a, a bad offensive line. David Johnson was getting held up. I'm hoping that he's going to be a pass catching guy, which is why I'm okay taking David Johnson fifth or sixth overall. But Larry Fitzgerald, I think people are sleeping on, which the last couple of years has been a trend. And if he's my wide receiver three, wide receiver four, hey, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I like Christian Kirk a little bit too. Second year in this offense. You know how second year wide receivers, I have a thing for them for some reason. Rookies I don't like, second year all over them. So Christian Kirk could be somebody I target late in drafts. Kyler I like as my quarterback two. He's definitely not going to be my starting QB in fantasy until I know what I'm getting out of him. And people are like, oh, but Patrick Mahomes last year. Patrick Mahomes wasn't a rookie last year. He had a exactly. full year to learn under Alex Smith and this Andy Reid offense. He's not going to be Patrick Mahomes. If you are drafting Kyler Murray with the hopes and praises that he's going to be Patrick Mahomes, stop it. I, That's not happening. I agree. And I'd rather be wrong year one about him being great. Let's say he throws 35 touchdowns. He has a great year. I'd rather be wrong this year and know what I, I'm dealing with next year than be wrong about him being a good quarterback and then he's a bad quarterback and I wasted an early pick to get him. He's going typically in the top 10 in quarterbacks right now in drafts, but we talk about this often and the experts talk about this often, that quarterbacks are, there's value. You don't have to reach. You can get a Phillip Rivers in the late double-digit rounds, and this guy will bring back value. There's no reason to draft Kyler Murray with the unknown. I mean, this is a team that is at a over-under a five. They went three and 13 last year. I really don't see them getting more than three or four wins this year. No, I mean, this is somebody I'm staying away from, really, from a fantasy and betting standpoint. I don't see any value betting on this Arizona Cardinals team. So let's move on here. San Francisco. Very intriguing. They paid Jimmy G the big bucks to be their starting QB last year. This is going to be his season. He's healthy. He's ready to go. I'm excited to see what Jimmy G brings to the table. I'm on the same, I'm on the same boat. My own little concern is yesterday or a couple days ago, uh, he threw five like consecutive interceptions in practice. Now, I didn't, I didn't see the footage. I don't know if it was his wide receivers weren't run, running the right routes. Was he trying too hard? You know, it's it's practice. It's Jimmy G in general, so I, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. But I like him this year. I'm willing to take him even as my QB1 if I wait on quarterback. If he's one of my quarterbacks in a two-quarterback super flex league, I like, I like it. Yeah, I mean, but the only guy I'm really targeting, I would say, fantasy standpoint on this team are George Kittle. Someone you can lock up early. There's your tight end. Boom. Done. And Tevin Coleman. Jerick McKinnon again is hurt. I think he's starting the season on the pup is what I'm hearing or on the IR or like something like that. It's just there. So San Francisco is in a weird situation right now with Jerick McKinnon. It's a guy they brought in last year. They paid him the big dollars to be the guy. And he, he you know, he had a he had an injury and they're at the point that they either have to burn a roster spot to hold on to him and not put him on the IR because they already put him on the active pup uh, bef- uh, earlier in the offseason. If they put him back on anything, it's, it's like a minimum six to eight weeks, whatever the amount is. So what what do you do with Jarek McKinnon? I'm not drafting him. I like Tevin Coleman. I'm just hoping that by the time I get into my season-long leagues, his ADP doesn't rise. Uh, but Matt Breed is also there as well. I I was taking Tevin Coleman early in the summer before all the McKinnon injury, and I'm upset this McKinnon injury stuff is coming out because all that's going to do is 
increase Tevin Coleman's draft stock and ADP. It's going to rise, and I can't get him as late as I was getting him. It's like my RB3 or 4, which is a steal, I think, Tevin Coleman. He's in a Kyle Shanahan offense. He has chemistry with Shanahan already with their times in Atlanta. Tevin Coleman is going to shine. Is there any wide receiver you like? I mean, they have Dante Pettis. And, I like Pettis. Okay. Late. Very late. They have rookies at Debo Samuel and uh, preseason stud right now, Jalen Hurd. I wouldn't mind taking a late, like a in an auction. I would put a dollar on Jalen Hurd because with this injury to Trent Taylor, Hurd could start in the slot for this team. And he played running back in college which means he could be an easy PPR machine. And I think that people were scared of, uh, and I'm talking about the NFL draft. With Jalen Hurd, he switched positions. So from a team standpoint, you're like, well, I don't know if he's ready. You know, does he have enough time? I, I, from what I've seen, he looks good. And the fact that he has experience playing both positions, I think Shanahan could find a role for him. It might not be... This year, but maybe even next year, some some trick plays in that Shanahan offense. Jalen Hurd is someone that I want to look at going forward in preseason, and he might be someone that, like Ani said, put a dollar on or draft super late if you're in a keeper league. Hey, maybe we might get some value here. Uh, I know I've said in the past that Jordan Matthews has two T's in his name, so two touchdowns, but I'm not I'm not on it. George Kittle's got two T's in his name, two touchdowns. There we go. And with that, we're moving on. <laughs> well, hold on real quick, real quick. Uh, so this is a team that went 4-12 and 12 last year. Their over-under this year is at 8. Uh, I would say 7-9, 8-8 is a good bet for this team, so I'm staying away. It's too on the spot for me to bet on it. There's no value there. Put it like that. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. So the Seahawks. Always, always fantasy value in this offense. We brought up uh, Chris Carson earlier, uh, but let's start with Russell Wilson. He is being drafted as a QB2 right now. He's out of the top 12. I think he's going to be out of the top 12. That's the thing. This team's not going to throw the ball much. This is a run. This is like the Memphis of the NFL. They're going to throw. They're going to run the, sorry, run the ball a lot. I'm pretty sure they led the league last year in rushing attempts. They're going to do that again. They've got two capable backs in Chris Carson, Rashad Penny. And the only time, this is what I do with Russell Wilson every single season. Last year, he had a really bad first 10 games. Somebody dropped him, picked him up. Because the thing with Russell Wilson is the last six games of the season is when he just turns it up to a whole nother level. Buy low on him. Let somebody draft him. Let him suck. And then if you know you're making the playoffs, trade somebody for Russell Wilson. He's going to produce in the last six weeks of the season. He does every year. I don't think he finishes in the top 10 in fantasy QBs this year, though. I just don't. We have a lot of news coming out of camp about Chris Carson. Uh, Some reports saying maybe two-thirds of the touches uh, will be going to him in the running back position. Look, I, I like Carson where he is right now, and, and I'm okay with drafting even Rashad Penny, who I think will also have a role of some sort. I don't know if... Now, if you say this is a run-first, run-heavy team, maybe there is some some flex value with a Rashad Penny. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I don't mind Rashad Penny as maybe my RB6, maybe RB7, really, because we know he's capable. We know he's got the explosive talent. But if they're saying Chris Carson's going to get more passes this year, too, and can catch the ball better, they might just keep Chris Carson on the field for three three downs. Any love for C.J. Procise? This is a guy... No, in- no love for C.J. Procise. Not too much love for D.K. Metcalf, either. Tyler Lockett, I love him. If he's your wide receiver four, because that's pretty much where he's going, wide receiver three, four value right now, that's great. Russell Wilson loves him. He's going to produce for you. I mean, I'm pretty sure the stat is Russell Wilson to Tyler Lockett, they're like cast percentage, catch percentage is unbelievable. Yeah, like a... It's like 97% or something. Russell Wilson basically has a perfect passing rating when he yes, throws to him. Tyler Lockett, any, yep. any So DK Metcalf, I I think that the, the Instagram post and the, the fact that he has the most chiseled body of all time. Um, 
I need to see more. I mean, there, there was a there was a video of him basically running straight down the field, no one covering him, and he caught a ball from Russell Wilson, and people were ooing and eyeing. But you know, I'm looking at it like, oh well, the cameraman was keeping up with him, right? So uh, he look. He could probably body someone in the red zone. He can maybe fall into five touchdowns or more just if they happen to get in the red zone. I I just don't know. I mean, we've all saw Russell Wilson passing the ball in the red zone when they should have handed it off uh, in the Super Bowl. So I, I don't know what to think of DK Metcalf. Once again, this is a guy that I'm okay with fading in season long. And if he turns out to be a stud, there's always DFS. What about David Moore? Uh, not in on David Moore. What about preseason darling Jazz Ferguson? Are you in? Are you out? I don't know. <laughs> I I I feel like I'm out because I really... I, I don't know. I, I, this is like one of those guys where I'm just looking at him and I'm like, uh, in DFS, yeah, I'll, I'll put him in a, in a lineup or two, but I, I don't know really what to think of because this is an offense where usually you're seeing, like you said, it's run first and... If they have Tyler Lockett and David Moore as their wide receivers like contributing, then there's not much more room for anything else. The tight ends in general, I mean, Nick Vanette is going to have a couple of weeks with two touchdowns, but right. it's something that you can't really track. But the, the Seahawks in general, uh, I mean, could they win the division? Mm, I don't know. I mean, they went 10-6 and six last year. They're over under his 8.5. I have them at eight wins, which is right right in the middle there. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I like Russell Wilson. If he's my QB one in a like, I'm waiting on QB. If he's my QB one, Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson just tend to produce winning teams. They get it done at the end of the day somehow. So I wouldn't be surprised if they exceed their wins total. But again, another team I don't see value betting on right now. But let's go to the favorites here. The L.A. Rams, obviously the biggest question mark on this team. Todd Gurley's knee. What's going on there? When, where are you comfortable drafting Todd Gurley? I would like Todd Gurley in the third round. If he's there, I will take him. But I am not doing what other people are doing, and I'm not handcuffing him with Daryl Henderson two or three rounds later. I, I just I like Malcolm Brown. I, I've been talking about Malcolm Brown. <laughs> no one listens to me until Matthew Barry or someone brings, the, brings up one stupid stat. Look. I like rookies as much as the next guy, but rookie running backs, I do not have any faith in. Daryl Henderson, no offense to the guy, but I don't believe in rookies because of pass protection. You, As a running back, you only get on the field if you know how to pass protect. And as of right now, Malcolm Brown had, an athlete, had some athletic plays last year. From what I'm reading, he he's understanding the offense. He's picking up pass protection. He was a, a guy I drafted last year in a super deep league, even though I had to drop him because he didn't do anything. That, to me, is the clear handcuff. So yeah. if I'm getting Todd Gurley in the third, I will get Malcolm Brown in the double-digit rounds, and whoever takes Daryl Henderson thinking they're going to trade him to me at some point. Fools. Fools. You are a Friday fool. <laughs> You're absolutely a Friday fool. I, I get it. He's a top draft pick on the, you know, the, the Rams traded up to get him, right? I don't care about that. They have Todd Gurley. At the end of the day, Todd Gurley is the guy. Yes, there's a little concern about the knee, but guess what? Sony Michelle has an issue with his knee. I, I'm not, I, I think it's being talked up a little bit too much. I think at the beginning of the year, Todd Gurley's uh, touches are going to be a little limited because they want him for the long haul but guess what if i'm getting him in the third round i'm totally fine with that absolutely todd Gurley's limited production is still better than some of these other bums that you're drafting ahead of him i completely agree i mean todd Gurley, you know what you're gonna get from todd Gurley. that's the thing he's a gifted running back but like don't cuff him with henderson don't do it don't do it. If you're in the seventh round, take Tevin Coleman and take a Chris Carson, take a Royce Freeman, a Geis. Yep. I and and for me, I'm I'm really only handcuffing my first or second round running back if it's an offensive system that I believe in. So like if I'm getting Barkley, I'm not handcuffing Barkley because no. there's nothing behind him. Plus, that offensive line on the Giants is trash. It's not worth it. 
But if I'm getting Zeke, yes, I'm looking at Tony Pollard. I'm looking at other guys because that offensive line and that offensive system is productive for running backs. Now, I get it. The Rams are in the same boat. But guess what? If I'm getting, if I'm drafting Gurley, it's only if he's in the third round. I'm not getting him in the second. And it's not worth it for me to handcuff him with an unknown a little bit. But like I said, if if Malcolm Brown is available, I will get him. I'm I'm not on Daryl Henderson this year. No, nope. but check the tape for next year, a year from now. I'll probably like Daryl Henderson. I'll yeah, probably understand the offense. Exactly. More. Second year running back. Okay, let's move to the quarterback here. How, what do you like from Jared Goff? Not much. I he's not he's not too flashy to me. I, I honestly don't really think he's a great quarterback, but in a two-quarterback league, I'm okay with him being my QB2. I mean, it is an offense that is productive, but I'm not comfortable with Jared Goff being my QB1 in, in uh, one-quarterback leagues. So he he kind of is what he is. He's part of an offensive system that is putting up points. There's fantasy-relevant implications with this team. But I'm just not a Jared Goff fan, but I am a fan of the wide receivers around him. Uh, In the Scott Fishbowl, I took Brandon Cooks pretty early because, to me, Brandon Cooks is a very consistent player. He's he's targeted on the deep ball. He can get you the bonus, the um, the deep bonus. The 50-yard bonus. The 50-yard bonus in leagues where you have yards bonus. Yes, so I I like Brandon Cooks this year. I I like Brandon Cooks more than Robert Woods, which some people think that's crazy, and I'm totally off of Cooper Cup. But what do you think of Jared Goff this year? I was on him last year, and he produced. I'm off him this year. I think teams will figure out Jared Goff better. I mean, he's not... He doesn't provide too much upside, in my opinion. He's not going to give you the big plays. He's not doesn't have too much rushing ability there. You just know he's a QB too. That's what he is. He's a safe bye week filler. And if teams are going to be, I feel like teams scheming against the Rams are going to be honing in more on Gurley, knowing about that knee injury. I'm not saying teams are playing dirty, but. Obviously, if we're talking about this in the fantasy community, defensive coordinators are talking about it as well in the NFL. So, you know, this team relies on a run game. You know, like I said, Todd Gurley, great, great running back. He's great in the red zone. But with these pass catchers, I mean, even Josh Reynolds, I think, will have a bigger role this year uh, on this team. But I I really like Brandon Cooks. Uh, I mean... at the end of the day, and, and Brandon Cooks and, and Robert Woods, their ADP is pretty similar. Very similar, yep. Um, I'm taking Brandon Cooks, but I'm not taking Robert Woods in most leagues. I'm fading Cooper Cup. I don't believe that his knee – we're not talking about the right knee, I think, when it comes to the Rams. <laughs> so he's he's not – I don't think he's going to be ready. I don't think he's going to be productive. Uh, it's too short of a, of a healing time. He's not Adrian Peterson. So Josh Reynolds is someone that I might target late in, in drafts or at least star for the waiver wire. And then these – these tight ends, they're athletic, Jared Effort and uh, Tyler Higby, but I, I don't really see much coming from them. No, absolutely not. And, I mean, that's it with the Rams. Or that's it with the NFC West. We covered all four teams. Who wins the division, in your opinion? I, I'd say I'd still give it to the Rams just because of the offensive scheme. They have a pretty good defense. It, I mean, you have Aaron Donald. What, what, what more do you need? Right. You got a stud defensive end there who's probably the best defensive end in football. Yeah. Um. I, I'm interested to see what happens in this division. Um, not high on the Cardinals, but I mean, they did. I mean, Terrell Suggs is over there. They have some other guys. The, the defense could. This is a tight division, right? Whenever you look at the NFC West, it's always they're, they're playing very close to each other. I'm interested in seeing what happens with San Francisco as well. I, earlier when I was looking at this team for a preview, I kind of feel like the Rams, this is like the AFC east of the west if that makes sense so like the the patriots kind of just walk into the playoffs the rams could kind of just walk into the playoffs if 
if the Seahawks take a step back and then San Francisco kind of stalls out and the Cardinals stall out, I mean, someone wins the division, it's going to be the Rams. That's exactly how I look at it, too. We had a loaded show today. We talked about parking. We talked about spiked seltzers, college football fantasy, season-long, and DFS, and, of course, the NFC West. You can follow him on Twitter, at OnlySandro, and on Instagram, at OnlySandro. You can follow me, at Anisri23, on both as well. Give our podcast a listen Friday, friends. You can catch it on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, anywhere you listen to a podcast. Email us at FridayFriendsEmailGmail.com with your favorite spike seltzers or if you're against the spike seltzer movement. I'm Ani. He's Sandro. Enjoy preseason football this weekend. Pretty soon we'll be talking with the NFL regular season right around the corner. Have a great weekend. Dominate.